Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media, episode 107. Nick, how are we this evening? Brought to you by Trader Joe's Dark Chocolate Peanut Butter Cups. That is inaccurate. We are not sponsored by anybody other than the fact that we are presented by Empire Sports Media. But I will tell you that those dark peanut butter chocolate cups from Trader Joe's are delicious. Yeah, and if you think the almond cups are better, eat biscuits, loser. Oh, shoot. I actually do think the almond cups are better. Actually? And I'd love to eat biscuits. They're delicious. So. Well, that wasn't really a punishment, eating biscuits, if they're good biscuits. I get to eat the almond butter cups and biscuits? Like, this sounds like a pretty good meal. Shit. Um, how was your weekend, little brother? Well, I can't walk, so it wasn't great. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I went to a bachelor party in Arizona. Yeah, and you can't handle your liquor. Ooh, that's you know what? Joke's on you because I didn't have any liquor, just beer. But you can't handle your beer, and it's ninety percent water. Anyway, uh, I I was not, and, and this is my apology to Nets Twitter. Obviously, I run the Fireside account on Twitter. Nick does not, so I was not very active on that account during the Nets games. But my excuse is is I was at one of my best friend's bachelor parties, and um, while I did watch the games, while I kept up with everything, it was just hard for me to to stay with it on Twitter. So apologies to all you, you followers out there who weren't getting the great Fireside Nets Twitter content that you usually get. Thank you for that apology. We're okay, but we appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Nick, let's get into some Brooklyn Nets. They have secured the seventh seed. They will avoid that dreaded 9-10 playoff uh, play-in game. We still have the 7-8, but... Well, they haven't really secured the seventh seed. They're playing as the No, I, I know, but we, we did secure that, that better play-in game is what I'm yeah. saying. So if for some reason we lose to the Cavs on Tuesday night, we'll still have a chance against the winner of the Hawks and Hornets game. Theoretically, what we did was secure a home court advantage Tuesday night against the, against the Cavs to secure the seventh seed in the playoffs. Right. Correct. And as Kevin Durant has mentioned throughout this season, home court advantage is a big deal because, you know, Nets fans, they bring it at Barclays every single night. Um, all right, Nick, before we get into, like, thoughts on the play-in tournament, you know, looking ahead to Cleveland – Let's just kind of go over the end of the regular season really quick and, and shout out to My Holy King. He is commenting uh, in, in the space. He wrote, go Brooklyn, go. Cavs can still win. Brooklyn better win. So he kind of named every uh, scenario there. I appreciate that, My Holy King. We really hope that, that Brooklyn is able to beat the Cavs, but it's nice insurance to know that we can get that second game Oh, well, I think uh, he was specifying, you know, he seems like a man that just knows his, his potential outcomes. There are... Two things that could happen in the game. The Nets could win or the Cavs could win. Correct. That's fair. Um, all right. We move on. He said, hey, what's up? What's up, my holy king? End of the season recap. After the Nets lost to the Hawks on April 2nd, that Saturday game, that was the last loss of the regular season for the Nets because they would go on to win four straight to close out the year. 
They beat the Rockets, they beat the Knicks, they beat the Cavs, and they beat the Pacers in their finale. Do any of these games stand out to you, Nick? I mean, listen, they were all games we were favored. We should have won all four of these games. Um, The only playoff team amongst those four teams uh, was the Cavaliers, who are right behind us now, who were ahead of us at the time. Um, honestly, the Knicks and the Cavs were two scary games. Even the Pacers was scary in a moment. We tend to go up 15 to 20 points in these games by halftime and let the other team back in the game by the third quarter um, and even take the lead. Now, the Pacers took the lead. We were up, about, I think, I think 18 at one point. And luckily, in these past couple games, KD and Kyrie have been closing it out in the fourth quarter. I think the most important game for us was this Pacers game, the last regular season game, because if we had lost – we would have jumped from the seventh seed to the ninth seed and had to play uh, for that, not only that eighth playoff spot, we would have had to win twice. So all these games were important. We needed to win all of them. We needed to win out. And we needed, of course, other things to play out as well to end up securing that seventh seed for the play-in game. But overall, I was impressed with our team. We do have a tendency to sometimes let teams back in. We get a little lazy. Uh, KD... I think it was against the Pacers last game, just kept throwing the ball to the other team. Like there was like four or five plays where he would try to make a little dinker bounce pass and the Pacers would get fast break. I believe the Pacers finished with 27 or more of fast break points. I'm not sure if they ended up getting a couple more in the end of that fourth quarter, but overall much needed wins. We closed. We have to be happy about that. We got the seed we wanted. We have to win this game. Uh, and what's I think the best news of all is we're not going to be playing the Bucks in a potential first round matchup. So just to reiterate for those we are playing the Cavs tomorrow, and then the 9-10 game will be between the Hawks and the Hornets. The Hawks secured the 9 in the playing game, so that game will be in Atlanta. Uh, and again, those two teams win. One of those two teams will win and play the uh, loser of the Nets-Cavs for that eighth spot. So very important that we win this playing game so that we don't potentially get eliminated. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with everything you said. I thought that up until this point, the games that the Nets have needed to win in regards to that that Bucks game that we lost, the Hornets game from, from a few weeks ago where that was an important game, this Hawks game, up until that point, we had been losing those games in those high-pressure situations, and that really bummed me out. It was nice to see, you know, against the Knicks, against the Pacers, against the Cavs, the Nets were able to close out those games. And, and in those high-pressure, you're right, if we lose to the Pacers the other day, then we're the ninth seed. Then, then we're looking at, oh, crap, now we have to win two games to just get into the playoffs. So I was happy with how they met that pressure, how they met that adversity down the stretch. Um, and it's funny, the, the Knicks game specifically, I just, you know, every time we play them, I'm, I have a feeling they're due, right? Because the Nets-Knicks is always a close matchup. No, no matter who's on the team, it, it's always a, a fierce rivalry. We usually get their best basketball. So the fact that they were beating us, what was it, by I, I think 15 or 17 at the half? Like, they were up double digits, and we were able to and, – and we all knew they were going to blow that lead. Like, Stephen A. Smith at halftime said, it's the Knicks. They're, they're going to blow this. Um, they immediately blew it. The Nets took advantage, and, and we were able to, to win that game pretty easily in that fourth quarter. I feel like every time Kyrie plays the Knicks – there are always a few plays where he just destroys them. And, and he had that awesome wave bye-bye to, uh, to Knicks fans after, after that win and after a, a huge Patty Mills three in that fourth quarter. Um, Patty so Mills I, actually stepped up these past couple of games. Patty yeah, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been playing too let, bad as of late. Let's also remember, I know this is, you know, we're happy to see them win the games that they need to win. But, dude, the only team with a moderate 
with a winning record at all is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they barely have a winning record. So look right. at the Rockets at the bottom of the West, the Pacers at the bottom of the East, the Knicks kind of in that 12 spot. So, yeah, they're, they're must wins, um, but still they were expected wins. And to answer my Holy King asking why uh, uh, Griffin and Aldridge aren't playing, Griffin, I think, is just getting DNPs and, and, and occasional minutes. He's kind of out of the rotation. Aldridge had a hip thing. Then he came back and had a non-COVID illness thing. And now he's just really not getting minutes off the bench. So there might be some uh, underlying stuff that they're not telling us about uh, his physical health, but it is weird that he has seemed to really hit the bench. And it's also a pretty crowded front court right now because Kevin Durant's technically a front court player. So if you're starting Drummond and Claxton's coming off the bench, you're going to be hard pressed to find minutes for Aldridge and Griffin. That's just the way it is. Yeah, but our, but since when is Claxton getting huge priority over Aldridge's minutes? Since he's been playing really good during Aldridge's absence, you he's can't well. just bench a he's guy well. because Aldridge is back. Let's also You'll, not. Let's also note uh, Seth Curry a little concerning going into the playoffs as well. He's been in play. and out of games with that ankle injury. I know he'll play. I know he was on rest as a last minute, a last minute scratch, but that's a lingering ankle issue right there. Um, final thing before we move on, you, you brought up Kevin Durant's turnovers. I saw a funny tweet. Someone wrote Kevin Durant. Uh, he, he looks like Magic Johnson when he passes occasionally, and other times he looks like he has never thrown a pass in his life. I have a theory for that. I think the game is so easy to Kevin Durant that he sometimes overestimates like certain plays, if that makes any sense or well, underestimates. Under, he's underestimating. He's underestimating. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like shooting over the top of guys is so easy to him he thinks okay maybe i can thread this bounce pass and a lot of times you're right it's almost just a step slow i also feel like it's because he's never really been asked to do that look kevin durant's been in the nba for a long time i don't ever remember a moment where he was asked to facilitate this much his career assists are, are around four he averages around six this year that, that's and a he drastic got his most, change he got his career high in assists in the last yes. game against the pacers uh, finishing with, let me see here, it was 16 assists, triple-double, yeah, 2016 cool. and 10, which is crazy. That was, that I was agree. Cool I also think we have a tendency more up 15 to 20 points against bad teams that we get a little lackadaisical and we have less of a rush to score. So KD and Kyrie both were doing it where we were taking our time in the half-court offense and just kind of putting little dinker passes that were getting stolen by the Pacers. Again, it's a young, hungry Pacers team. They're fun to watch. I like Halliburton a lot. Uh, I think he's kind of a stud. So, um on that note, yeah, I mean, we've had Kyrie step up huge, especially in the absence of a guy like Curry. Obviously, Harris is out for the rest of the season. Um, and a little Simmons update, he could be back for the first round. He won't be yes. in the playoff game, even if it's just 15 to 20 minutes. I heard Stephen A. sound off this morning on first take about Ben Simmons having a fake back injury, saying we deserve to know what had happened. And Stephen A. Smith kept making the joke, what, did he slip in the shower? Was he playing video games? Did he bend over too fast? So... Obviously a little frustrating there. I'm still skeptical. I'll believe it when I see it, if he actually comes back. But, you know, our guy stepped up and needed to. You said first take a little funny, and it sounded like first steak. And I thought that'd be a really good name for, like, a cooking show. Are you hungry? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's get into this playing game. We're going to play the Cavs on Tuesday night. So if you're listening to today is Tuesday, it's, it's later. Or if you're listening right now via the live stream, it's Monday, it's tomorrow night. Uh, looks like the Nets will have Seth Curry for this game. No Goran Dragic. He should be back for the first round, but he's dealing with that. Um, no, no Goran Dragic. Oh, stop! He he's a solid backup point I guard. Like he, Goran he gives I, I, them important, and he's still uh, he's coming back from COVID, right? He had COVID. 
I think uh, after that, that Adla- around that Atlanta game, he had COVID. He yeah. wasn't playing well before that, so I, I didn't notice. Now Kessler Edwards um, got to start last game, and Kessler. Yes, and listen, the Nets made a drastic move. We haven't talked about it, but they dropped James Johnson last week, and they promoted Kessler Edwards to essentially full time. So shout out to Kessler Edwards. Uh, he was the third rookie drafted by the Nets. I believe he was in the 40s in that second round player um, out of Pepperdine University. And that's lo and behold, filmed, did you know that's where they filmed Zoe 101? I did not, but but he Fun he's fact. been he's been great for the Nets, and uh, we'll get into our our awards later. We have our regular season awards, and his name might be on there. But in regards to this Cavs game, uh, I believe, and could you look this up, Jared Allen? I believe is a game time decision. I saw a quote from JB Bickerstaff, the coach of the Cavs. If he plays, he plays. Um, I see, a couple, really... I see a couple news outlets, hoopshypegroup.com, Cavs oh. pessimistic about Jared Allen playing. Okay, and we have an update on Goran Dragic. He is available for tomorrow's night. Uh, uh, yeah, for the Tuesday game okay. against Cleveland. Okay. Uh, Mark Spears just tweeted he cleared health and safety protocols. So the Nets will be able to use Goran Dragic if they need him. Nick just said that the Cavs are looking pretty pessimistic with Jared Allen. I didn't think he was going to play. Um, I, I think it'd be weird to rush him back. Not weird, but if he's not physically there, it's not worth it to, I to risk himself. To- I've been reading it's a pain tolerance thing, too. He could play through it, but he's in a lot of pain uh, on the left hand. So um, we'll see if he pushes. We'll see if he plays through it. It's a big game for them. At the end of the day, one of us is playing the Celtics uh, uh, if we or, win this game. Or we'll, the Heat, right? Oh, that's but then they'd have to win, they'd have to win the, the, right, eighth, the, next the eighth game, game right. against the 9-10. So, honestly, this is just as big of a game for the Cavs because I think the Cavs would rather play kind of a beat-up Celtics team as well than a Miami Heat team. So, we'll see what happens. You also never know. Like, as my Holy King writes, they could be trying to trick us. They, they could be giving, uh, you know, the mass media misinformation that he could play tomorrow. Listen, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a should-win game for us. It's an expected win. So, but what I will say, what scares me, is we beat yeah. the Cavs last game. You know, there's always such thing as, as a revenge game, as us going in with, with expectations to win it and not performing as well as we did last time. I think Darius Garland's pretty nice. I think he can kind of take over a game if he's hot. Laurie Markkinen can hit some open threes. So the, the Cavs are, are a good – I mean, I know they're, they're in the eighth seed, but – uh, they're a solid team. They have some young guys, and they're missing Colin Sexton too. But they've got some guys that could take over this game. Of course, and uh, you know this is a good sort of segue into this specific game. What is your confidence level? One out of ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest in winning this game against the Cavs. You know, you said it best. Darius Garland's nice. Evan Mobley is a really good player. You have Kevin Love coming off the bench and giving them threes. And, and I don't know if he's going to start in place of Allen. But you have like Isaac, Okoro. Isaac Okoro is a good player. You mentioned marketing. Right. They still have Osmond on that roster. That Cavs team is pretty good. I know they, they, they didn't have a great second half after the All-Star break, but Garland is a dog, man. He he's a He's a point guard in this league that, you know, has been overlooked a, a little bit. But was he an All-Star this year? Or no? I don't, I don't believe so. Okay, um, he could have been. So I'll he give absolutely could have been. I'll tell you what. I'll give it my – I'll give it a seven. He was an all-star. You're right. He was a 2022 all-star. Yeah. He might have been a fill-in. Um, I'll give it a seven only because I think the Nets on this four-game streak are hot and they're feeling good. Things are clicking. Drummond's playing out of his mind. Patty Mills is starting to find his streak. KD and Kyrie have been closing these last four games. 
fucking hard and they look solid and they look clutch. So normally if you asked me a week or two ago, boom, we're playing the Cavs in a playing game, my confidence might be a five because you never know what Brooklyn Nets you're going to get, right? You never know if KD or Kyrie is going to be completely cold. Usually Kyrie a lot more than KD has been cold. Obviously KD's having a pretty consistent season. You never know if Patty Mills is going to go 0 for 8 from 3. And then even Claxton, who's been stepping it up lately, could have a quiet 7-4 and four night as opposed to his usual or his high-end more like a 12-10 and 10 night. So I'm going to give it a 7 only because of the momentum we have going on right now. And in a big game like this at home against a Cavs team that's not 100%. Obviously, we're not 100%, but I think Cavs missing Jared Allen potentially is a Huge. much bigger blow than for us missing, obviously, Harris out for the season or you know maybe a, a, a Seth Curry as limited minutes, whatever it is, we're not even going to include Ben Simmons in that conversation. But I think we're in a good situation. We got what we wanted. This is the situation we wanted. And if we win, we play the team we want because we don't want to play the Milwaukee Bucks in this first round. So I'm feeling good. I'll give it a 7 out of 10 confidence. What about you? I think that's a good number. I'll go 8 out of 10, uh, one higher. Um, look, we are the first place team. I'm sorry. It- I want to confirm. 8 is higher than 7? Yes, we are the first place team in the play-in tournament. Don't get it twisted. There were four places we finished first. Um, I do think that there's sort of this unspoken intensity that comes with playoff basketball, especially where it's a do-or-die situation. It's not necessarily that for the Nets. Obviously, if they, they die, they still get a second second life uh, in that second play-in game. But I do think that you know the veterans, the Patty Millses, the Bruce Browns, um, obviously Kevin Durant, KD, I'm sorry, Kyrie, you Seth Curry, anyone who's not a rookie, who's been to the playoffs. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge has been there in his career. Um, Claxton was there last season. There's a certain level of focus that I think kicks in for these players, right? You're not going to see the same lackadaisical errors that you would see in game 73 of the regular season. You're, you might see turnovers, but you're not going to see lack of focus. You're not going to see lack of hustle. I think these guys understand the situation. I think they have enough vets on their team where everyone can step up and say, hey, Kessler, hey, hey, Cam Thomas, if you're in there, here's what it's like. Make sure you're freaking ready. And I don't think that the Cavs have a ton of that, right? Darius Garland's a young player. This is going to be his first. Did you mention Karis LeVert? Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he he's there too. Against but, us. He's a big guy. But again, how much, how much uh, playoff, playoff experience does Karis have? I mean, the only one being that uh series against um the Sixers a few years ago when they got smoked so my my point is I I like the fact that you know this is where having a ton of vets on your team comes into handy the focus goes up the the level of attention to detail goes up and hopefully all those you know turnovers that we saw from KD down the stretch all, all the missed shots from Kyrie um all the you know plays from Patty Mills or, or James Johnson who's not on the team anymore all those things are going to go away for the most part, and you're going to see a team. Are there going to be mistakes made? Yes, but they're not going to be lack of focus mistakes. They're just going to be sort of in-game, spur-of-the-moment mistakes. I really like the Nets in this one. Like you said, coming off four straight wins, some some really good momentum to end the season. And, um, you know, out of those other three teams, the other two teams in there, I actually think I'm least scared of the Cavs. Like, like Charlotte scares the crap out of me. You have a, a once in a, you know, I, I love Darius Garland. I think LaMelo Ball is better. I, I just think he is. Um, you know, Miles Bridges is a dog on that team. And then you look at Atlanta. Atlanta was in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Like, Trey Young 
is ice, right? He 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 is someone who can ice teams. So Did you see the record Trey Young just set? He's the only guy to ever get the most total points and assists in college and the most total points and most total assists in the NBA in a season in both uh, D1 college and in the NBA. Yeah, so so I yeah, I'd be hard pressed if the Hawks don't win out, they win that game uh, and then beat the loser of our game if, as long as it's not us. But um yeah, so I'm I'm happy with the draw. I'm an 8 out of 10 level confidence and you know, let's get to some players who we think might be playoff heroes for this Nets team, right? So every every team uh, has these guys that come up huge in the playoffs. You look at the Raptors a few years ago, it was Danny Green. Um, you look last year at, at Milwaukee, it was players like Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis uh, giving them some really great plays down the stretch. I'm trying to think with the Warriors during their run. You always had Iguodala yeah, had, won MVP that year. Iguodala was, like was the guy. MVP. Yeah. The first year they had, remember Leandro Barbosa? Mm-hmm. He hit some big shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you, Nick, is who who are going to be some Nets who are going to be huge in these playoffs who are going to come out as heroes not named Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Uh, two names come to mind. So – not worried about KD. I'm not worried about Kyrie. I think Drummond, too, will be super consistent. I think he needs to be putting up double-doubles per night. Claxton will get his minutes off the bench. Uh, and I also expect consistency from Seth Curry. He's a 44% three-point shooter. The best in the league. He's always consistent as long as he can stay healthy. Two guys that I actually think need to step up, who have been, uh, in, especially of recent, Bruce Brown, over the past few months, has been incredible. And I'm going to keep saying I told you guys so because everyone was out on Bruce Brown with James Harden. He had fallen off. His efficiency levels were low. He wasn't scoring the ball. Harden leaves, and Bruce Brown has been a force to be reckoned with. He's got that little floater in the paint. He's been hitting corner threes like it's his job. His defense, his hustle, his rebounding, always incredible. So I'm going to say Bruce Brown needs to average 15 points a game in this playoff, uh, in the 2022 playoffs. I think if Bruce Brown could be in that teen range for points, He'll always consistently get his rebounds. He'll, he'll play solid defense. He's a hustle guy. He'll get some steals. But he needs to score around the rim, and he needs to hit open threes. Second guy who I think is even more important, first guy you mentioned is Danny Green. You mentioned Barbosa. Three-point shooters are sometimes the make or break of the NBA playoffs and the NBA championship. Look at Ray Allen in his veteran last couple of years in the heat, hitting that insane three-pointer. We talk about Robert Ory, big shot Rob. Never being a great regular season player. And what does he have? Six or seven rings? Something insane because he hits big shots in big moments. Hence the nickname. So Patty Mills to me is going to be an X factor in this playoffs. Because Patty Mills will always put his shots up. Okay, He's going to shoot five to ten threes per game. It's a matter of whether or not he finds his rhythm early on in a game. Because if he doesn't, he usually doesn't, doesn't catch it later on. He stays pretty cold. So if Patty Mills can hit a consistent three to five threes per game on the high end, and he can hit that open three in the fourth quarter when Kyrie, uh, Kyrie and KD are getting double teamed, that to me is going to determine games. So I'm going to stick with Bruce Brown and Patty Mills. I expect all the other role players to do their job. I don't expect Kessler Edwards to take over. You know, he has to hit some shots. He has to play good D. He's, he's a solid guy in that court. Obviously, he's going to be uh, the last option offensively whenever he is on the floor. So Bruce Brown, Patty Mills to me, especially Patty Mills, because I think Bruce Brown is more consistent. He takes a higher percentage shots, obviously, around the rim. But Patty Mills needs to hit threes, and he needs to do it pretty much in every series. Yeah, those are my two. Like, I had listed two playoff heroes, and it was Patty Mills and Bruce Brown. Um, There's a certain energy that Barkley's gets when Patty Mills is hitting shots. Uh, You know, we'll we'll get to our awards in a second. He's such a likable guy, Patty. Everyone likes Patty Mills. He's so likable. 
He's so likable. He does the best interviews with the media. Um, he's been such a great teammate this year. I mean, you think about all the adversity, all the reports coming in, the whole Harden, Kyrie, KD mess. Patty has been so consistent and just there for everybody. Um, even in that in that last final game that Harden was with the Nets and he didn't play, he was in a suit. I think the Celtics beat the Nets by like 30 or 40 that night. I know because I went to the game. I saw Patty Mills clowning around with Harden on the sideline. And I think, you know, that's cool, right? Because every Net had to hate Harden at that point or at least just not like what he was doing. And I think Patty is such a good teammate. He's like, you know what? Maybe this guy is not handling this the right way, but I'm going to be cool with him. My, my, my whole point is Nets fans love Patty Mills, and I think that nothing hurt us more than watching him struggle in that second half of the year. So if he is able to come alive and consistently, like you said, I think two two to five is, is a more realistic number, but if he's able to hit three threes a game um, and he's not shooting three of 12, it's more of like three of seven, three of eight, even if it's around that 30 40% mark, I'll take that. You know, I just don't want to see two of 10, two of 12, one of eight, zero of, of nine. Like, we can't have those types of performances from Patty. And then, yeah, if Bruce Brown continues to do everything that he's been doing in the second half of the season, he's going to be good, man. He's Right now, he's good for 15 to 16 points a game, one to two threes from the corner, and just a few hustle plays around the rim that I think Nets players can't, but no one, no one wants to sacrifice their body like Bruce Brown does. I mean, he's he's taken some really hard falls this uh, this season. I think about the Chris Middleton play, um, but yeah, yeah, those would be my my two playoff heroes. I mean, obviously, you know, I'd love to see the big men in, in Drummond and Claxton consistently play. I think Aldridge is someone who, if the Nets are searching for something on offense and, and they need to plug someone in, I think it's been hard for Aldridge to find any sort of rhythm since he's returned because he's not getting those those minutes, and I understand why. If, if we need defense, Claxton is just a better option. Um, I, I, I want to yeah. add one thing on the Patty Mills front. Okay. Part of the reason we feel like we've been losing playoff series the past couple seasons has because is because of Joe Harris's inconsistency in the playoffs. Well, last season specifically. But last yeah. season specifically. But if you look at Joe Harris's numbers come playoff time, he's kind of effed us. And I'm not going to – I'm not listen, we love Joe Harris. We're never going to put the blame play on him. He missed some wide open threes to keep us in certain playoff games. And that, to me, wasn't the major factor, but a big contributing factor to why we lost playoff games last year. Now, what I will say with Patty Mills as well, he's a champion. 2014 with the San Antonio Spurs, okay? He, in his career, field goal shooting percentage is around 426. In the playoffs, he shoots around 430. So, obviously, marginally better, but that's an improvement in the playoffs. So, come playoff time, Patty Mills has experience with the Spurs. He is a champion, and he's been in this position before. I have the utmost confidence that Patty Mills will find his rhythm in these playoffs with the Nets team based on his track record in the past. It's, it's playoff Patty, right? That's what we're talking about. I said that a few weeks ago. I said, I know he's struggling right now, but just wait till the playoffs. We will see the best version of Patty Mills when that happens. Um, all right, moving on. I have a quick segment. It's called Scummy Move or Not. So Milwaukee, the last game of the season, essentially tanked. They rested everybody. I don't remember who they played, but they lost. The Celtics won. So the Celtics move up, and they get the two seed, which means more home court advantage for them. But they probably draw the Brooklyn Nets in that first round, whereas the Milwaukee Bucks will be playing the 
Ra- not the Raptors. Wait, where, where did Mo- did Milwaukee fall to four? How does that work? They're playing. I believe they're playing the Bulls now. Yes, that makes more sense because you're right. Because Toronto is playing Philly. Yeah, because so that's why. Why do you think right. the Bucks? That's why the Bucks are the game. The Bulls are terrible right now, and Lonzo's right. out. So the Bulls. Everyone's saying the Bulls are now the worst team in the East. They might be the worst team in the playoffs ac- across both teams. So. It was a smart move by the Bucs. The weird move by the Celtics was playing all their starters against all the Grizzlies' backups. Uh, it, it, yeah. was, it was an odd move to have Tatum and Brown in there, and they crushed them, and they looked great. But now the Celtics just signed up for probably the Nets, maybe the Cavs, who, if Jared Allen comes back by then, are both going to be tougher than the Bulls right now. Everyone's out on the Bulls. So even right. the Bulls are out on the Bulls. So it was a weird move by the Celtics, but... I wouldn't say it's scummy by the Bucs. It was smart. There was a point where if the Bucs were in second, I said to Eric, my roommate, hey, should the Nets throw the game against the Cavs so we end up in eighth and we play the uh, the Heat instead of the Bucs? I would have been okay with that. Listen, at the end of the day, this is strategy. If you could rest your starters, lose the game, and be in a better position than you were by playing your starters and potentially injuring your starters, why wouldn't you do that? So it was a smart move by the Bucs. I don't think it's scummy at all. Celtics just went out with pride and, and, and crushed it in their last game, but they're going to have to suffer for that because they're going to have a tougher matchup than the Bucks are. So that's playoff basketball. That's strategy basketball. If you could rest your guys and be in a better position, why not? I agree with you. I, I, I 100% agree. And I thought, did you see what Milwaukee did for Drew Holiday? Yeah, they put him in for like seven seconds, so he hits his bonus, which is pretty he cool. Hit, he played eight seconds. He got an additional 255000 no, like $306,000. No, earns two hundred fifty-five thousand for eight seconds of playing time. Are you sure? I saw three out six on the TV. I'm seeing two, I'm seeing multiple numbers. Anyway, it was it was it was two hundred thousand plus for eight seconds of basketball, which okay, is pretty okay, awesome. Okay, so around three hundred thousand dollars. They started him. He played eight seconds. Then he fouled Garland. They took him out. Oh, not okay. Garland. Uh, whoever he fouled, I don't know. It was someone on the Grizzlies. But someone dying laughing. No. I was like picturing it. How, now I'm no, it was up. it was Garland. It was yeah. Garland. Okay. Yeah. So. That's that. Um, the Cavs. Milwaukee. What, so Milwaukee's now the four. Philly's the three. Toronto's six. And, and Chicago's five. Is that correct? Does that make the most sense? No, the Bucks or, are three. Oh, the Bucks are three. So you're telling me the Bulls are six. The Bulls are six. The Bucks are three. So the playoff matchups right now, okay. if, the, if the Nets were to beat the Cavs and the Cavs were to win the, the eighth AC. spot game, the Heat Cavs. Celtics, Nets, Bucks, Bulls, Sixers, Raptors. Got it. Okay, so looking ahead, let's say we beat the Cavs, we get the seventh seed, we play Boston in that first round. A level of confidence going into that series. We're then playing the Bucks in the second round, though, if we win. Fine, but it, I'm talking about the, Celt- the first. Let's, let's, let's start with the Celtics. What's your level of confidence? I mean, the Celtics are Kyrie's kryptonite. They're playing unbelievable, but... Come playoff time, I, I don't see the, the Celtics outplaying us based on pure talent. I think Tatum's great. I think Brown's great. I think Smart does his job. Uh, they got some young guys coming off the bench. They got, you know, an older Horford, no K Tice. Uh, is, uh, is, is Time Lord still out for these first couple rounds, I believe, with a meniscus? So, uh, a meniscus or MCL, I can't remember, but they're missing a big piece in Time Lord, Robert Williams. I feel confident. I know this. I know for a fact the C's don't want to play us, and I know C's fans don't want to play us as well. As much shit as they talk, um, I feel a lot more confident in the Celtics than I would in the Bucks. But I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather play the Heat than the Celtics. 
Yeah, I, I get that. I, I think I, the, um, the Heat have had more ups and downs this season uh, and have had a little in, internal turmoil as opposed to the Celtics who have really only gotten better, more impressive, and more confident as the season went on. So, by the way, the Celtics, this was, uh, I think, literally April 10th. So this was yesterday. They won't rule Robert Williams out for the first round. So I think they're, they're, they're hopeful. Um, it was a four- to six-week recovery timetable for him two weeks ago. Uh, which would make him available for the second round, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, so give me a number, one to ten, confidence level. Against the Celtics, I'll say a, I'll say a six. Yeah, I'll say that, I'll, I'll that's, lean that's towards right us number. winning, but I don't by any means think it's going to be a cakewalk, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics take two. If you remember last season, we played the Celtics in the first round and we beat them. I'll bet um, they did not have Jalen Brown in, in at this in the second half of that series. I believe he was hurt. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember, but we handled them pretty well. I mean, the big three did their thing. Um, that was before, yeah, Kyrie was healthy for that. James Harden got hurt later in the series. Um, but we, we handled them with ease. This Celtics you're team right, is a lot. Right. I don't see, I don't yeah. see Brown on the box. He, 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 was, he was out for most of those games. This Celtics team is much better than that Celtics team last year. First of all, Marcus Smart is playing some of the best basketball of his career in that true point guard role. Um, Jalen Brown, J- Jason Tatum, uh, they do their thing. I mean, Jason Tatum's a once-in-a-generation talent. So I kind of look at it this I way. Like I'm Peyton, at a, Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard's nice. Peyton Pritchard's nice off the and bench. Derek White was a good pickup. Derek White was a nice trade uh, for, for Brad Stevens. I'm at a 6, of ten, six out of 10, too, confidence-wise. Um, I look at this, this series, and I say, if you're the Nets, you have two choices. You either single-cover Jason Tatum, let him go off, and try to stop everybody else and hope that you can sort of de-up Tatum in one-on-one situations and get them cold. Or you do what teams do with Kevin Durant and you double-team the hell out of Jason Tatum and you make everybody else beat you. Now, if you do that strategy, you're basically saying, okay, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Brown, you guys are going to be wide open. You'll have to hit those shots. Now, is that a risk that you're willing to take? Or are you going to say, let's just D-up Tatum one-on-one, no doubles, we'll live with the result, we'll let him go off for 30-40, but we'll cover everybody else really tight? What would be your strategy in that situation? Um, to be honest, I was pretty confused by that situation you just put out. But In, in one instance, you're double-teaming Jason Tatum, in one instance, you're not. That's my question. I'm not. I'm not double-teaming Tatum. I think, like I said before, this is a game of pure talent, and I think we, we beat them on talent. I don't think we'll be able to slow the Celtics down much. And the Celtics have the sixth best defense in the league, so they're going to be able to play us pretty tight too. But if it comes down to Kyrie and Durant versus Tatum and Brown, it's a no-brainer. If it comes down right. to Andre Drummond banging down low with Al Horford, I'm taking Drummond. If it comes down to a three-point shooter stepping up like a, a, a Derek White-Langford or a Pritchard versus Seth Curry, Seth Curry I'm Patty taking Mills. Seth Curry, yep. and I'm taking Patty Mills. So I, I don't want to double... You know what I? You know why I wouldn't want to double? I'll expand on that a little bit. Celtics have great ball movement. Marcus Smart has evolved, like you were saying, into a nice facilitator. Tatum, Brown, especially Brown, his basketball IQ is huge. The more we double them, there's already holes and gaps in this Nets defense that they would take full advantage. So I not only think t- uh, doubling would then create a huge gap. I don't think it would do much to slow down Tatum. He's a stud. He's gonna get his thirty points a night. So to answer your question, let's play straight up and let's just outplay them straight up. And if we have Ben Simmons for that first round matchup, I think my number goes from a six to like a seven or an eight, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely, because then Ben Simmons could lock down Tatum. All right. We're going to end this episode with a a segment I like to call regular season awards. 
I came up with awards for a ton of players on the Nets, and you can either agree with me, you can have, or, or you can, can I get, can I guess who that player who you're thinking when you say the award? Yeah, let's do that. You want to do that? That'll be a lot better. Okay. All right. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve awards. Are you ready? Yeah. So the entire team gets an award. Great. MVP. Kevin Durant. Easy. Comeback Player of the Year. Bruce Brown. No, it's Kyrie Irving. Okay, that's. <laughs> No, it's not. He didn't play. He came back. I mean, he came back, but he wasn't playing poorly. When I think comeback or most improved, I think like who? All right, I guess he wasn't even injured either. Sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> Mr. Ba- basketball. Mr. Basketball? Yeah, can do a little bit of everything. Bruce Brown? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Bruce Brown is Mr. Basketball. Let's be real. Um, the Signature Play of the Year Award goes to... Which player and what was the play? Nick Claxton. And it was the play against LeBron where he dunked it on him. Yes. You didn't even know. You didn't even have a play in mind, did you? But that was it, wasn't it? No, I had the Andre Drummond breakaway in Peace Sun. Oh, uh, okay. I thought that was awesome. That was um, okay, miss the Mister Potential Award. Claxton or Edwards? No, it's Claxton. 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 He wins this yeah. award every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my complaint with Claxton every year. Is he always like, and listen, he's been incrementally getting better. But like two years ago at this point, we were like, oh, he'll be a 20 and 10 player. Yeah. So in 10 years, Claxton will be an all-star. Fantastic. The Take Charge Award. Patty Mills or Blake Griffin? No, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. He's a, yeah, he's yeah. the tied for the lead in charges. He didn't play this year. He was, yeah. yeah. Barely played this year. Um, the Best Shooter on the Team Award. Seth Curry. The Rookie of the Year Award. Kessler Edwards. It's a tie between him and Cam Thomas. Okay. I think Edwards emerged as a, as a more efficient player. Well, he, he's he's more of a fit with what the Nets do right now. I don't think Cam Cam's game relief, like he can't be as effective because of all the guards we have. Uh, but Cam did single-handedly win us that Knicks game a few months ago. Yes, so, like, for that, I think he deserves to be tied with Kessler Edwards because Kessler Edwards isn't, isn't capable of doing what Cam Thomas did in that I, Knicks game. Kessler Edwards' floor is way higher. Cam Thomas' ceiling is way higher. Correct. That's a good way to put it. Um, the Iron Man Award. The Iron Man Award. Means they've, they've, they've been there. They're consistent. They've played. What do we think? I mean, LaMarcus? What? No, it's Patty Mills. They've been there and they've played. Patty Mills has the is the only player who's missed like less than four. He's missed one or two but games when you this say season. Iron Man, I think like consistent. No, Iron Man is like Cal Ripken okay, Jr. Okay, sure, sure. Patty I Mills. T- I think Iron TJ, Man. my friend TJ, got that in third grade. Great, good for TJ. Uh, the TLC award. So the player who sucks and left, James Johnson. And Javon Carter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's Javon Carter. It was it was a tie between both of those guys. Uh, how about the worst teammate award? James Harden. That's that's it. That's a good one, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. And then finally, the Mister Eventually Award. Uh, ben Simmons. Yes, that was the list. Mr. Eventually. Did, did I did I leave anybody out? Uh, you didn't give the dragon anything. Yeah, I could have said the best. Slovenian on the team. Yeah, you could have, and that he would have won that for sure. Um, um, Steve, what Steve Nash get? I didn't give him anything. 
He's got the a, most he's got hot a... and cold. The most hot and cold dish of all time. It was either like Steve Nash is the man or fire Steve Nash right now. Uh, I got a good award. The survived uh, heart scare and is still playing for the Nets award. Lamarcus Aldridge. It's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think we covered right, I got, everybody. I got best best beard on the staff. Uh, is it Amari Stoudemire? No, Jacques Vaughn, dude. He's got like oh, the Jacques little silver streaks in there. It's nice. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. I think that, that's pretty much it. My Holy King liked that last segment. He's laughing in the comments. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is our 107th episode. Um, if you don't already, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Shout out to uh, the dark peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. I think Nick ate about several before this. He's probably going to eat several after this. And uh, we just appreciate you guys for sticking with us throughout the regular season. We're very excited for the postseason. I think we're both going to try to go to a game or two during this Nets run. But, you know, your best place for Nets content, your best Nets podcast in the entire world. I don't want to even limit it to the United States. We are the best Nets podcast in the world. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Nick, any final words for the listeners? Go Brooklyn, man. We're coming on this four-game winning streak. We're ending the season hot. Everything's coming together. People are coming back. Simmons is in the distance somewhere. Seth Curry is going to be playing in the playoffs. Everyone is scared of this team. Everyone is scared of this seventh seed Nets team because they know what we can do. So go Nets. We're going to crush the Cavs tomorrow. And uh, everyone be safe and uh, take care of yourselves and take care of your families. Yeah, I love it. This Nets team has a lot of good juju, Smith-Schuster going for them. And um, you know what, Cleveland? I got a little message for you. You ready, Nick? Yeah. Let's let's give Cleveland the message. Catch you on the fire side.